What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast production. I'm Rob Statz-Guerrera. Happy to be here with you on a Monday. And oh, man, the 49ers quarterback news just keeps coming. No matter how many times we think we know what's going on, we don't. And that has become abundantly clear once again. We got an update from Matt Barrows on Brock Purdy. Barrows tweeted, Brock Purdy's checkup with Dr. Keith Meister last week went well, and he remains on track to have elbow surgery this week. We got a little clarification in an article from Mike Silver with quotes from John Lynch and also some comments from Silver that that surgery is going to be Wednesday if everything goes well. I believe the phrase John Lynch used was on track, that Brock Purdy is on track to have surgery on Wednesday. Um, So that's the scenario right now is kind of where we thought we would be a couple weeks ago with Brock Purdy slated to have surgery on a Wednesday. And then, of course, once he has the surgery, we will know what his status is. And the article from Mike Silver was pretty interesting because there's some quotes in there from John Lynch about the situation. Uh, They're not reassuring. Lynch, quote, with Brock, you just don't know. It could be six months, nine months, 13 months. There are a whole lot of scenarios. That doesn't sound like the same guy that was, you know, up at the podium at the combine telling us, well, that's the surgeon talking about the other issues. It's just him trying to cover himself and cover his bases. And they always say that with every surgery. That sounds like a different guy. And by the way, Vish Kumar is going to join us uh, shortly. He's got a couple of work things he's finishing up, as he always does, but he's going to hop in here as well. Uh, we'll take your questions, your comments. Please like and subscribe to the YouTube page and uh, rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I just said last week, and I'll say it again, the Niners need to stop talking about the quarterback situation. I feel like it's just, it's gotten bad. They are contradicting themselves left, right, and center. First, Lynch is at the podium saying, oh, the surgeon's just trying to cover his own ass. Now he's telling Mike Silver, well, we don't know. Could be six months, could be nine months, could be 13 months. Then he's telling Matt Mayoko, all Trey needs is reps to develop, and he's going to be the player we thought he was going to be when we picked him third overall in 2021. Like, which is it, man? Which is it? And that is sort of what Vish and I wanted to touch on today is just we're kind of beaten into submission a little bit. Like, Man, can we just know, can we just know something? Can we just know if Brock Purdy is going to play or not? And if Brock Purdy is not going to play or not, can we just know if Trey Lance is going to be the guy? Like, I can't take all this wishy-washy uncertainty stuff. I really can't. Corey Soto on YouTube, thank you very much for the super chat. There's a few names on the list of quarterbacks linked to the 49ers that I don't think you signed to be a third stringer, indicative of where Purdy truly is. That's a good question, Corey. In the article from Mike Silver, he does name some potential quarterback options uh, for the 49ers. None of them, to me, are super attractive. He names Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, and Gardner Minshew. And I guess, you know, to be fair, I should I should correct that. Brissett and Minshew are intriguing, I suppose. But you don't sign those guys to be third-string quarterbacks, like you said, Corey. And that was sort of the gist of the story from Mike Silver, was that to me, the more I read it, 
the more it appears that Trey Lance is a distant fourth option for the 49ers. He is their last resort. First option, if the Niners had their druthers, as they say, would be Brock. Second option would be Tom Brady, who Silver says he expects the 49ers to continue to stay in contact with this offseason and make another run at. Third option, I think, is one of those vets that Silver mentioned, or maybe Baker Mayfield, as I believe it was Albert Breer mentioned last week. And then the fourth option is Lance. Well, if Purdy's out for the whole season, and if Brady wants to stay retired, and if we can't lure one of these veterans here, oh, well, we'll go with Trey Lance. I really think that's what it is. It's it's really what it feels like to me. And it's frustrating because I feel like they've never fully explored it with Lance. But the more that they talk about it and the more it comes out, it just seems to all be pointing in that direction. So I don't know what you think. Please leave a question in the chat. We can talk about it. Uh, <laughs> Cubs3EB says we should start making up rumors just because. Chris watching on YouTube, if that's truly the case, trade Lance. You can't trade Lance. He costs more to trade than he does to keep. So you're not going to trade Trey Lance. It's just, it's not going to happen. It doesn't make sense financially. Sign me to on Twitch. What's up, Solo Stats? By the way, you can follow me on Twitch at Stats on Fire. Appreciate you there. Uh, I'm just, this this quarterback stuff is, is infuriating to me. And there's other stuff in the Silver article I want to get to. I'm trying to stall for Vish here. Come on, Vish Fock. Let's go. Hop in here. Um. But just some of the wording I thought was really, really weird in the article. First, uh, Silver refers to Brock's injury as severe, which that's the first time I've heard anybody refer to the injury as severe. Uh, I know people have talked about it's a torn UCL, but I mean, the 49ers have always couched it as, hey, look, he's going to be back. It's a six month thing. He'll be back in three months and then he'll be throwing and by six months he'll be ready to go. So to use to, to see the word severe in there as we welcome in Vish Kumar. And what's up, Vish? What's up, Rob? How are you? Look, you got to be ready to go. When I see your little window pop up, I click you in right away, whether you're ready. Right, right, right. I was I was just, you know, getting a quick adjustment in there, and I didn't realize you pulled me in. But, hey, that's part of it. That's, that's part it, of it. man. We were going for full transparency on the show. Right. Uh, I dove right in. I started with the Barrels update that the checkup that we were all waiting for Brock Purdy to have with Keith Meister has apparently happened, Dr. Keith Meister, and that Brock is on track. And it's interesting that Matt Barrows said on track, just like John Lynch said the words on track in the article with Mike Silver, to have the surgery on Wednesday. Yeah, and I think it's the best possible news, I guess, of the situation. It's what we're all hoping and praying for, right? When they gave that vague early March timeline, I started getting a little bit worried mm -hmm. um, just because obviously with the nature of the injury and the seriousness of the surgery and the level of investment the 49ers seem to have in the player, let alone how well he played um, at the end of last year as a fan, you obviously, you know, you start to get a little bit worried. So I would say of the situation, this is the best case scenario that the checkup went well and the surgery is still on track. No more delays on this thing. I know you get a lot of crap on Twitter when you point out that delays on surgeries is not exactly a good thing, but um, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, really? Um, so that's good. Uh, it's interesting that even though this checkup went well, as everybody seems to say, 
no one is saying he's having surgery on Wednesday. Everybody's right. saying he's still on track to have the surgery. So if the checkup went well last week, why aren't we just saying he's having surgery? That's weird to me. And that's, I think, I guess it just plays into the complexity of the injury and the nature of it. The fact that you kind of, I guess, have to take it in these kind of small steps where, you know, okay, his swelling has gone down. And then the next part of it is the old audible, as Brock Purdy called it. I keep going back to that, right? Yep. It's when they actually open it up, they're going to find out what, what the actual procedure is going to be. And I know a lot of people are like, well, it's not a big deal. It's probably going to be this. It's probably going to be that. None of us know that. Um, none of us will know that until the surgery happened. And with, and just there's the John Lynch quote right there. It could be six months. It could be nine months. It could be 13 months. And to me, the sooner that this happens, because based on John Lynch's combine presser, Rob, I think the 49ers are kind of wait and see on what they're going to do at quarterback right now. I think they're trying to figure out the results of this surgery before they make whatever mm -hmm. move they're going to make. And I think that's a excuse me Ooh, i think that's surprising right? yeah 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 yeah. i'm good i'm good i think that's surprising for a lot of people because i think a lot of us felt like hey you still have trey lance who never lost the starting job he got injured so it doesn't necessarily it matters obviously because of how well brock purdy played but you'll be okay if it's nine months 13 months because you have the other guy it doesn't seem like Based on John Lynch's comments, they seem to look at the situation that way. We don't know how they're looking at it, but it doesn't seem like that. And so, therefore, I do think right now a lot of their offseason is being dictated by when they think Brock Purdy is going to come back. And I think because John Lynch was even kind of wishy-washy on the quarterbacks coming into this free agency. He was like, oh, yeah, we'll get to that. We got to look at them. And that makes me think that everything on what kind of quarterback they're going to bring in all depends on the surgery that this guy has a hundred percent. And, and just a little behind the scenes for people, Vish and I have been talking for like the last two hours, just about right. this whole situation. And I thought you asked the most relevant question here. There shouldn't be as much uncertainty as there is, right? Because it should be, look, we don't know what's going to happen with Brock. If Brock right. can't go, Trey's going to be healthy. He's the guy. That's what it should be. But why isn't it that? Why shouldn't we think that Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback? Yeah, and you lay out the scenario. I know a lot of people say, well, he's looked crappy. He's played four games. None of us really know with him either. And a lot, and, I, and that's where it just doesn't make sense. They traded the sun and the moon to get him. They implemented him as the starter last year. He never even lost the job. In fact, I wouldn't even say we could even say whether he played good or bad. He played week one. 10 feet underwater in a monsoon. I was at that game. It was one of the worst experiences I've had in my life, let alone the fact that they lost the game, which was the worst part of it. Um, and then week two, he got injured two series into the game. And so what could have changed with him playing, you know, 80-odd snaps for us to not look at him as the starter going into next year, especially right. when the guy that could have been the incumbent is now seriously injured. If Brock Purdy wasn't injured, I understand, given how he played, he is the starter coming into this offseason. And it's not that Trey Lance necessarily lost his job. It's just that Brock Purdy sees the opportunity to be the starter. I understand. What I'm not understanding about this situation is we know the guy is, ha in, as Mike Silver called it, he's going to go, ha he has a severe injury. He's about to go and have surgery. When it's like that, I don't understand why this isn't just, hey, Trey Lance is our guy. And John Lynch didn't even commit to it last week. 
I know it's gone a little bit under the radar. I talked about it a little bit with Larry Kruger. I know a few others have. This hasn't maybe gotten the national storyline, but he kept saying, I don't know when Trey's going to get the opportunity, which makes me so confused because to me, you should know. This should be his opportunity again, not necessarily because of anything other than the fact that Brock Purdy's injured. You don't really have a lot of financial flexibility on what you can do in the quarterback position. And you have a guy you drafted third overall, who you loved to take third overall, who you loved to take trade two extra first round picks and use a total of three first round picks to get him. Like what could have possibly changed here? Why aren't we just talking about this offseason? Hey, Trey Lance is going to start. Trey Lance will be the starter. And we'll see what happens with Brock Purdy's surgery. If he comes back, then maybe there's a different scenario. But until this happens, I don't know why we aren't just saying Trey Lance is the guy for now. Yeah, the exact quote from Lynch was at the Combine, he's got to play, meaning Trey. Brock got that opportunity last year. He grabbed it. He did great things. We'll see at some point how we get Trey that opportunity. You don't say that about your starting quarterback because you know when he's going to get the opportunity, when he starts, when the game begins. Seems pretty basic to me, right? It is endlessly endlessly frustrating Corey with another super chat thank you possible this utter confusion and enigma is rooted in a broader divide in the front office 49ers are a paradox playoff team yet they often seem in disarray they do do this to themselves a little bit they what the 49ers don't do and maybe you want to give them credit maybe not they never say the easy puff thing that will allay controversy right like they always leave the door open like john lynch could get up on the podium and say brock's hurt trey's gonna be our starter we're really excited about it we believe in trey it doesn't matter if he says that and then they don't do that there's no penalty for them and they could say that and kind of shut down a lot of this conversation at least from from a lot of people but they never do that vish they do not they you want to call it honest to a fault whatever you want to call it They don't do that, and I think it it leads to some of what Corey is talking about, kind of the feeling that they are in disarray. Yeah, and that that's kind of really it, right? Like, this conversation today is based on the fact that has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that all John Lynch needed to say, whether he believes it or not during this offseason or during the combine presser, was, hey, Brock Purdy's having a serious surgery. We believe a lot in Brock Purdy, but we don't know what the timeline is. Okay. He said the first part, right? He said that first part. Now the second part, Hey, we have this guy. We drafted third overall. (laughs) We still really like this guy. He's still here. It's unfortunate that Brock Purdy is going through the situation he is, but we're luck. We're fortunate to be in the situation that we are, that we have two young starting quarterbacks. So even though one of them, even though both of them are seriously injured, one of them is going to be on the timeline to be ready. And we think we're going to be okay. That's all he needed to say. Instead, he said, you know, Trey needs to play. I love Trey. I love he didn't compliment him once as a quarterback. He complimented him eight times as a person, mm-hmm. which read into that what you will. And then let alone the fact that um, he said, I don't know when he's going to get his chance. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You're in charge of the team. You and Kyle <laughs> Shanahan, you drafted this guy. It's, it's And the other guy's hurt. The other guy's hurt. And here's the weird thing. If you want to say it's because Lance has gotten hurt, okay. If you want to say it's because Lance hasn't been good at practice, okay. But guess what? The quarterback the 49ers had to be 
pulled away from kicking and screaming, Jimmy Garoppolo was bad in practice. Remember, he threw five straight right. picks. We found out about that. He was also hurt all the time. He got hurt every year of his career except one. And yet, the 49ers kept putting him out there. In fact, they even brought him back when they could have just cut him and spent more money on free agency last year. They didn't do that. Instead, they brought him back and put him out on the side practice field as like a show for people to see, for players specifically to see. And yet, they're dinging Trey Lance for the very same things that plagued Jimmy Garoppolo. That doesn't make sense either. Right. And, and, and here's the statement that really got me, Rob, because you're absolutely right on the Garoppolo uh, uh, comparison, right? There's no doubt about it. I, that, that was actually more openly reported, right? Just about every beat reporter, every other camp practice used to say he played poorly, not an indictment of who he is as a quarterback. Like he's a starting quarterback. He's one of 32. That means he's pretty good at what he does. But at the same time, there were constant reports of him struggling in practice. In fact, to not take us back to 2019, but does anybody remember the switch up on Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019? We went from everybody predicting the 49ers at between 2017 and 2018. When he came in 2017, went 5-0, and won those five games. Every single media pundit was saying, this is the next it team. This is the it team, right? The yep. year before, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Jameis Winston, and Mike Evans, and that was a flop. And people, and I was actually worried as a fan at the time. I was like, hey, you guys all hyped up that team, and they suck. Why well, don't hype up my team? Let my team go under the radar. Always but they were hyping up that team, right? And then week one was really bad. He threw the three picks. Week two, I thought, was worse than week one because week one, at least, he was throwing the football. Week two, he was scared. He was standing in the pocket for six, seven seconds against the Detroit Lions. They almost blew that game, yep. but they got an offensive pass interference penalty. Week three, they were down, what, 35-7 to seven against the Chiefs, and then they were starting to come back. He looked like he was starting to play better, and he got hurt, right? So in that three games in that offseason, we went from that to the next offseason. There's speculation where, you know, national insiders like Chris Mortensen and Mike Silver are reporting, hey, Kyle really likes how that Nick Mullins guy runs his offense. <laughs> and if Jimmy Garoppolo isn't playing well and it hasn't looked too good in camp, they're going to have a really, really quick trigger with him. That was reported. Now, it never came to fruition, and I don't think it had anything to do with Jimmy Garoppolo's play because through those first seven games of 2019, Garoppolo did not play well. He played well in the second half of the season, but he did not play well in the first seven games of that season, but the 49ers were 7-0. and So how are you going to replace a quarterback when you're 7-0, and mm -hmm. even if he's not playing well? And he eventually figured it out, and he played well. They went to the Super Bowl. All great things. I'm wondering how the same exact switch-up happened here. That was three games of Jimmy Garoppolo that the national perception changed in one year, right? How did this national perception change after two games, right? Everybody was saying he's going to be the next star. He's going to be this. He's going to be the next guy. They believe in him. The Mahomes plan, right? Where did all of this go? Why is John Lynch, when he's asked about both quarterbacks, saying he's got to get – he's talking about Trey Lance, and he talked about you know how early in his career he struggled to stay healthy, and then he figured it out. And he said, that's, and that's the biggest challenge. We have a team that's ready to go right now. He has to get out there and play. Brock got that opportunity this year. He grabbed it, did great things. Okay, I agree. Here's the part that gets me, Rob. We will see at how we get Trey that opportunity because we very much believe in who he is as a person, as a quarterback. If you believe in who he is as a person, as a quarterback, why is there a we will see? There's no healthy quarterbacks on this team. <laughs> It should just be his opportunity. How do you need to see? 
Uh, shout out to Nick Ellert, by the way, who made me aware of this, and he's correct. Matt Barrows just tweeted and said the surgery is scheduled for Friday. So not Wednesday. Originally, it was reported that it was going to be Wednesday. It's set for Friday. Now, right. that's interesting, Vish. Was it originally set for Wednesday? And then they said, you know what? Let's give it a two more days with this swelling. Let's just give it two. We can probably do it this week. Yeah. But you know what? Let's just wait the extra two days because, you know, the, you know, no surgery is going to happen right. on Saturday right. or Sunday. So forget that. The doctor's not doing that. Right. Maybe they said, let's just wait two more weeks. We're not going to delay it another week or so, but we'll push it back again. Yeah. That's my question. No, I, that's a great question. That's a question you have to be asking, right? Especially given the fact that this has been delayed a little bit because, you know, it's a very, very tricky injury with the elbow. I mean, you see all the medical people. I don't, I'm not going to pretend to like know anything. I took a biology. I took honors bio in ninth grade, didn't even touch AP bio. So this isn't even my subject. I'm horrible at this, but yeah, I, I agree with you when it, it keeps going down the road. Absolutely. And then I saw in the comments, I think Tavari, Tar, Tavarius, maybe it's Tavarius Moore um, posted. Tim said a few weeks ago on 95-7 the game that this is Brock's team now. And I yes, look, Rob, that. if he was healthy, I understand. It would be his He's team. not healthy. That's why I'm confused. Not only is he not healthy, I don't think he – I really do not think that Brock is going to be back in the six months. The fact that he mentioned the hybrid surgery, John Lynch is over here throwing out three different timelines to Mike Silver, you know, with the, well, we don't know. It could be nine months, could be 13 months, could be. Yeah. I, I don't think that Brock is going to be back ready to go to start the season. And that's the other thing, too, is like this injury, as Silver put it today, quote, severe. And so. It's not that Brock is just, well, he's a little banged up. He might not even be anywhere close to healthy, and Trey still can't get that endorsement. And let me just go on another rant here. Go because ahead. I have heard, look, I've been in this business a long time. There's a ton of 49ers content creators beyond the beat writers. There's a ton of people that are plugged in. And what I have heard is that Lance's practices were bad. Not inconsistent, bad. Really hideously bad. And if that is the case, and again, I don't know that that's true. I'm, I'm hearing rumors, but if that is the case, please tell us 49ers beat writers, Matt Barrows, who just joined me on a show. Thank you very much, Matt. I appreciate it. But please Barrows, Kawakami, Silver, Grant, Lombardi, Jennifer Lee Chan, everybody that covers the Niners, please just tell us the truth. Not after the fact, six months from now, when you feel like it's safe, in the moment, if Lance is that bad to the point where the 49ers have lost all faith in him, like it appears that they have, just tell us. Just tell us. I can right. take the bad news. I can, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. That's but not what, what I, you're telling us, though. But they what keep I, telling us they, they're excited about everything about him. So what's the issue here? I can't. I just, I'm tired of that. I don't want the protection. Okay. Stop protecting Lance. And maybe it's the 49ers saying, Hey, go easy on our guy, which by the way, I know for a fact, the 49ers have done in the past to people. They've said, go easy on our guy. I'm tired of that crap. Tell us the truth. Just tell us because I can't take this, this weirdness anymore. No, uh, absolutely. hundred percent. I'm with you. Um, I, I don't know. I can't ver. Unfortunately, I wish I had the inside sources to verify your report. I cannot, I have mentioned to you 
that um, I do know that last year during rookie team and mini camp, and that's why I always bring up the Fred Warner quote and the Jimmy Ward quote from this year, that it was a little bit rough for him on scout team originally. But um, I do think I did think that changed when Fred Warner talked about how he sat him down and asked him to play a certain way. And if you remember during that time, that was kind of when Lance was really picking up speed and momentum and he had a rough first half against Houston, but he kind of found a rhythm in that uh, two minute drill It was kind of similar to his um, preseason game. I think it was the Chargers preseason game where he was a little bit inconsistent, shaky, and then they put him in the two minute drill and he hits a slot fade. And now we're going. And he played really, really well in that second half. The second half is what we're all looking for. And so I thought that maybe there were strides there, but I have no clue what the heck happened this offseason. In fact, this offseason, we never even see that you pointed it out in our last show that Levin always says this, how the reports always come after and they're never there there. Um, this year, people were reporting after like week one, week two, week three ish that he was like inconsistent in camp but i remember reading every single training camp report it's one of the few things i'm interested in doing in the <laughs> summer and i read every single one of them from every single writer because i'm not there and i want every single perspective to try and form the fairest opinion as possible and a lot of them were quite positive and raising yep. trey lance now there were mentions of inconsistency but nobody reading those reports could have gotten the impression that anybody was sour on Trey Lance. That's... It was just raw, but positive. Right. And how did we get here where the GM, when he has nothing but opportunity to name the guy as starter, right? If Brock Purdy is healthy, I get it. Everything he said, I get it. The guy is not healthy. I can't even imagine putting this much pressure on Brock Purdy to come back in six months and start. Like, is right. that even fair to him? That's a different conversation. But just yep. on this conversation alone, he's not healthy and the injury is, as described, severe. How did we get with this quarterback that's severely injured and one that was severely injured about to get healthy that we don't just name the one that's about to get healthy, who's also this young, talented quarterback who you say you 100% believe in him on and off the field and and you traded up the sun and the moon to go draft him. How do we get here where you're not naming him as a start? And maybe some of the answer was revealed in that silver article in the San Francisco Chronicle today. Let me just read quote Lance for whom the Niners packaged three first round picks to position themselves to select as their ostensible franchise quarterback. Lance has yet to convince his bosses that he can play at that level. That's it. John Lynch can say whatever he wants, but the proof is in the pudding. They brought Jimmy Garoppolo back when they were supposed to clear the decks. When Kyle Shanahan literally said in a press conference, this is Trey's team. Guess what? They brought Jimmy back. They didn't make it Trey's team. And now John Lynch is ostensibly saying, we got to wait to see this Brock Purdy surgery because I don't know which direction I'm going to go. And we're going to have to bring in a quarterback. And the clock's ticking, Vish, because the new league year starts a week from today. Right. Free agency begins a week from today. So the Niners are going to need to know if they are going to make that pivot, they got to know. Right, exactly. And I, I'm not sure what that pivot would be for, Rob. Like, I look at where they are financially and where the football team is. Given Brock Purdy's injury, I do think Trey Lance is probably the best they're going to have going into next season. I mean, they're not going to be able to afford an actual upgrade. Maybe they bring in some competition. But gosh, I would think Trey Lance would beat out anybody given his experience in the system. And all of that, like he should be in a good position to win that competition too, right? Like he's played 
two years right. with the system. He's comfortable with this team. He it's has a, a team that's invested in him, has draft equity in him. Like all those things should be in his favor. I, I, again, if he played poorly, Rob, last year, and there was a point that they were benching him, like where the Jets are with Zach Wilson, right. I get coming into this offseason like this. But the fact that Brock's injured and Trey Lance is going to be healthy and he's only had four starts and you believed in him so much last year that you just gave him the job. He was the starter. That was that. You were ready to go into your plan. You're telling me that he broke your he broke his ankle and 15 weeks later, you're like, okay, because he didn't play this year, we're now not going to keep our plan going. Like, right. didn't you have a plan that was going to go through with him? I understand if the plan falls through because Brock Purdy has to play. Brock Purdy isn't capable of playing because he's hurt. So why <laughs> wouldn't you continue with that plan? And it's very possible he won't be capable of playing for a long, long time. Shout out to Nick Ellert, first of all, for the super chat. Thank you. But this point is an interesting one, too. Rob, you haven't mentioned the Friday surgery. Friday news dump, right? Wouldn't that be the thing? Brock has surgery on a Friday, and the Niners put out the quick press. Oh, it turns out that, uh, by the way, he um, he he did need the, the Tommy John, so he's, he's going to be out for probably a little while, right? That's like the perfect news to come out on a Friday. And I right. said it. I said Friday when night. we – when we thought he was having surgery on February 22nd, I said, if it's that six month thing, the Niners are going to put out a press release like that lightning quick. They'll, they'll shoot it out to all the insiders. All the tweets will be the exact same from Schefter and Rappaport and Pelissero and all those guys. It'll be successful surgery. Brock Purdy had the UCL repair internal brace. Though That phrase will be in there and he'll be back in six months. He'll be back in August. He'll be back in September. That will be, we will know lightning fast. Right. If it's not that we will not find out directly from the 49ers. We'll find out from somebody else and it'll just be, turns out he did need the Tommy John or he did need the hybrid. It'll be surgery. mentioned in passing, right? Like not to, not to do about anything very nonchalantly like, Oh, he needed it, but that's okay. Successful and you'll hybrid out, You'll surgery. freak out on Twitter. Yep. I will hopefully keep my Friday evening free so I can read <laughs> all your mentions. You'll be arguing back and forth with people who tell you this is not a deal. This is not a big deal. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Then seven months later, when you're looking for your vindication, nobody's going to care about it anymore. Yep. Nobody's going to care. That's how it's going to go. It's, it's so weird to be able to see it down the road. But yeah, that's definitely where we are. And the weird thing is this too. Like the names that are mentioned, like Andy Dalton, the ghost of Matt Ryan, Gardner Baker. Minshew, Jacoby Brissett, maybe Baker. Like you really think that they're not that they're not going to be better than Trey? Like you you think that Trey can't beat them out? Like you think that they are better options than Trey Lance? That's telling to me. That to me again points to a severe lack of belief in Trey Lance. Where did it come from, Rob? See, Jordan Anderson is writing in the chat. He says, I was at, or he or she, um, says, I was at training camp. It wasn't bad. What's going on? That's what they told us at training camp, Jordan. That's what they told us. What happened here? How did this perception change? I've only seen it once before. It was with the same exact team. But at least the coach was never fully bought into that quarterback. This time the coach was fully bought in because he's the one who traded up to get the quarterback. So how did we get here? And that's why if you want to say that then once the Niners got Trey Lance in their building and they saw him in practice every day and they just don't believe in him. Okay. I could believe that teams miss on guys in the draft all the time. That's fine. Why don't we know that for sure? Why are we left speculating about that? Why are we left saying, well, I guess that's what it has to be. Cause what else could it be? It can't be 
his play on the actual field because he's had so little of that. That's what it, like is really bugging me about they this. They tell too. us the opposite, though. That's the problem. Right. Every mm-hmm. insider, when they say this, they don't say it's because Trey Lance stinks. They say, oh, they still love Trey Lance. They nailed the pick. They still believe in Trey Lance. <laughs> they think he's going to be a great player. Then why aren't they trying to play him right now? He should be the guy. It should be a no-brainer. You don't have financial flexibility to get a veteran upgrade. The other guy that could be the starter is severely, to use their language, severely injured. This is a no-brainer. It's really, really, really weird. I want to get to a couple of comments that uh, I liked but didn't get the chance to throw in. Uh, Bay Marin. 49ers don't generate boredom, sometimes in the good, sometimes in the bad. That is absolutely true. I mean, literally, the news has changed like three times today already, and it's, you know, 1030 Pacific time. Uh, And then this one from Pascal NCM on Twitch. Shout out to everybody watching on Twitch, by the way. I appreciate you. At Stats on Fire, please subscribe. Did they expect Trey Lance would be what Jalen Hurts has become? That's a fair question, Vish. No, I I don't think so. I don't think Shanahan... If you asked, and this is just my guess from following this team so closely for so long and following Kyle Shanahan the way I have for so long. Now, I've never actually done that in close proximity, so it could just be a very, very weird judgment passed by me from afar. But I'm going to – I would put my entire life savings that he did not believe Jalen Hurts would become what Jalen Hurts has become. And he thought – he would not even have thought it was close between these two players when they were coming out in the draft because one guy actually played in a pro-style system and showed glimpses of doing some very, very advanced and subtly polished quarterback things, whereas the other guy is the most improved quarterback I've ever seen from his freshman year of Alabama to who he is today, let alone who he was in Oklahoma. There were, like, issues with Jalen Hurts First of all, just the accuracy and all of that, then he wasn't playing the position very, very advanced at all. It was a lot of just run, 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 run for Jalen Hurts as a passer. Now he's become a very, very, very good player. Um, So I don't think that he would have ever been considering Jalen Hurts. Like Jalen Hurts just feels like the antithesis of Shanahan to me um, in everything he talks about. Uh, Nick Wagner just tweeted, the hope all along has been for a repair with internal brace, but all sides have said repeatedly they won't know for sure until they get in there. The way it plays out will determine Purdy's recovery time and help shape how the Niners approach this offseason to quarterback. Can I just say it seems like things have flipped? It seems to me like people were saying Brock Purdy is going to have the six-month surgery. He'll be back around this time. Now, all of a sudden, everybody seems to be honing in on what I have said and Levin and you and others, which is they don't know what surgery he'll need until they can actually look at the inside of his elbow. And the fact that that seems to be something that has sort of constantly been mentioned now all of a sudden leads me to believe that it's not going to be the six-month surgery, that it's going to be the hybrid or the Tommy John. Yeah, I and I 100% I, I shoot. I I don't know if I would go that far actually in the speculation. I do 100% agree with your line of thinking, but I I think this might really be a case of nobody knows and the Niners are just trying to be very very positive on the situation. I mean, Lynch literally used the words hope and pray in regard to his surgery in his yeah, combine he, presser. He also said Oh, every, everybody that's ever had surgery, a surgeon has said to me, right, we won't know right, for sure right, until right. we get in there. So again, it's like you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Exactly. And I, I see the comments here. They always turn this into a Purdy versus Lance thing. I think you and, your and I's 
underlying point here is that it's not a Purdy versus Lance thing. Like we understand if the situation was being talked about the way it was, if it was, but this guy is hurt. He hasn't even had surgery yet, let alone having to go through all the rehab and then Mm -hmm. everything that involves him actually returning to being the player that he was, which was, I guess you can say the starting quarterback of the 49ers for the seven games last year, because he was terrific. No doubt about it. Nobody will take that away from him. He was awesome, but he's not that player today because he's injured. And he has to get surgery. And that's why Rob and I are confused. If Purdy was healthy, this is not a conversation today about Trey Lance. But since he's not healthy, why isn't there a commitment to Trey Lance? Because you seem to have two young quarterbacks that you like, right? Both are injured, but one's going to be healthy. One, you don't know when he's going to be healthy. Wouldn't it be right right now to align yourself to the one that's going to be healthy? And then when the situation presents itself that both are healthy then you can start talking about this way with both of them like we'll see when Trey Lance gets his opportunity because it's Brock's Brock's job right now but right now how can it be Brock's job we don't even know if he'll be ready week one uh sign me to nine asks do we know when Trey will be healthy he's going to be fully cleared by OTAs uh so that you know that's should be good you should get all the things yeah, he's already started throwing last week, I believe. John Lynch gave the dreaded window update. Oh, I could see him from my window. He looks good. Everybody says that about never comes back to like full Javon Kinlaw, D Ford, Jason Verrett. Anybody he sees out that damn window, it's like a curse. Um, I had another point that I was going to make that now I, I seemingly have lost my uh, tra- Oh, here it is. Let's say for the sake of argument that Brock can't come back right away, right? And mm-hmm. Trey plays and he plays really well and and great like everything is cool it still seems like the 49ers like fell into their quarterback accidentally they have not been able to execute a quarterback plan in full right Kyle Shanahan came in first it was going to be Kirk Cousins they didn't scout Patrick Mahomes they didn't scout Patrick Mahomes because they wanted Kirk Cousins that was their quarterback plan okay Bill Belichick calls in 2017 says do you want Jimmy Garoppolo the 49ers make the trade for Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be the guy. They gave him the big contract. They got to the Super Bowl. But we got to the Super Bowl, but let's talk to Tom Brady and let's see if Tom Brady's going to be the guy. Okay, we're going to go up. We can go back to even before that 2019 season happened, right? The Mortensen report I brought up, they were obviously not fully into Garoppolo. And then, like you mentioned, they flirted with a few quarterbacks after the Super Bowl, which means if the guy took you to the Super Bowl and you're still looking at other options, right, you're not there with him. So, okay, we're not going to have Brady. We're going to stick with Jimmy, maybe. Oh, the Rams are sniffing around Matt Stafford? Okay, we got to go get Matt Stafford. And remember the report before the draft in 2021? It came out that before that league year started. Well, no, not even that. Before that, before free agency started that year, the Niners, there was a report that the Jets turned down a first-round pick from the Niners for Sam Darnold. Do you remember that? That was a real thing that happened. Yeah. That, that before free agent. Now, this is before the Niners traded up to three. So it would have been the 12th pick in the draft. Say that out loud. The 12th pick in the draft for Sam Darnold. Thank you, New York Jets, for oh, turning God. that down if it's true. But like, so that I, was. Well, I don't think that one's true, by the way. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. The point is, they have never been able to execute a quarterback plan from start to finish. Even when they thought Lance was going to be their guy. Now, not. Why is it that the Niners had to accidentally fall ass backwards into a quarterback, be it Brock Purdy or maybe Trey Lance, if there is literally no other option? That's really, really weird. 
Yeah, wow. That's an unbelievable point. I haven't even thought about it like that. They always seem to have a plan and then something changes and they don't seem to stick to it. And got in if we're uh, I'm not going to say gosh cuz somebody tweeted at us that, you know, I don't want to make people drunk cuz apparently there's a new drinking game every time I say gosh, you uh, oh take a sip. Um so <laughs> I just said it three times there by the way. That's three shots for whoever's playing the game. That's early for three shots, but good luck. Right. Yeah, I mean if, if you want, I can send you Chicago's finest, Malort. I don't know if you've heard of Malort. I have not, but I'm willing to uh, drink it. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll see how you feel after you actually drink it. But uh, that tangent aside, you're absolutely right. And it feels like this is the offseason where, okay, all situations have kind of set it up where you just follow through with your plan. Whatever your plan for Trey Lance was last year, that's kind of the plan you should be moving forward with this offseason. If Brock Purdy gets healthy and he's ready to go, why not pivot then, right? Like, you can pivot then. It's totally okay. We understand why you would pivot. He was awesome for seven games, but he's not right now. Why wouldn't your plan just be to move forward with Trey Lance, the exact plan you had in 2022? And the fact that they're not committing to that plan and John Lynch didn't commit to that plan and Shanahan didn't commit to that plan, um, whether it was in their end-of-the-season presser or whether they're combine presser, I want to know why. I want to know what has changed, Rob. And that's what nobody will tell us. Everybody says Trey's great. Everybody says the 49ers love Trey. Everybody says Brock is great. Everybody says the 49ers love Brock. Okay, I believe both. Then why aren't you, now that Brock is hurt, and we know that there's a level of severity to this injury that could possibly hamper him being available for week one, let alone the fact that he could hamper his entire offseason, which... You know, first year to second year, people say it's a massive offseason for players. Yep. You make that transition because you understand what the NFL is like and you prepare yourself a lot better for your second season. And so if all of those things are there, Rob, why did John Lynch say we will see when he gets the opportunity to play or we'll see how we get that opportunity to you give would, him the opportunity to play? Right. You would think the plan would be just to pivot back to the guy that you – gave the job to in 2021 yeah. despite Jimmy Garoppolo going to the NFC championship game the year before shout out to Eric branch on Twitter who pointed this out. Brock's going to have surgery on Friday. That will be 40 days after the initial injury. That is a long yeah, time for swelling 40 days. And keep in mind, it's not like Brock's been, you know, having a catch every day in the off season. I'm sure he's been doing very little with that arm just to try and keep it you know, as healthy as it can be and get it ready for surgery as fast as possible. 40 days is a long time, Fish. Yeah, it is. And I I was more thinking when you said 40 days of how much pain has that man been in right. for 40 yeah. days with his, his elbow swelled up. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know about you, but like anytime I hit my elbow against anything, like you get like a sharp pain, you know, that's like you got to rub it a little bit. It's It's a little tender area. At least for me, I got these small elbows, small bony elbows, pointy elbows. But, you know, Brock Purdy's got a little more meat and juice and all of that there. But even then, like, wow, 40 days, he must have been in a lot of pain. That's a really good point. Like, that's the reality of the situation that we kind of overlook. The dude has had a broken, broken, the bone isn't broken, but a, an arm that is not functioning at full capacity yeah. for over a month. And he's just had to live with it as he's been yeah. waiting for this whole thing. Has to be incredibly frustrating for Brock Purdy. Yeah, 100%. 100% agree with you. Wow, 40 days. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, John Muniz. Apologies if I said your name wrong. Uh, thank you for the super chat. What's your opinion of Trey and Brock if they're both healthy 
and playing good, what would be so bad about that? That'd be fantastic, John. I would love that. And you know my stance. You know what I'm going to say, Vish. If they're both healthy and playing good, Trey. It's got to be Trey because you thought this guy was going to be a top five quarterback in the league. That's why you traded that all those picks and drafted him. You got to go with Trey if they're both healthy and playing well. That's my take. Yeah. Um. So I don't even know why there would be any bad in that. That's the goal. That's kind of the situation. Right. And that's, that's why I would think that they would kind of reaffirm their commitment to Trey Lance, given that the situation is that Brock isn't healthy. I thought like, why not get Trey to that point? Cause you're still young and cheap. Obviously the cheap quarterback matters so much to this football team, given how much they pay for all the other positions. And that's where when you're as financially strapped as the 49ers are like Trey Lance playing great is the greatest scenario ever for the 49ers this offseason. If we want to put down every single scenario that's possible for the 49ers this offseason, number one thing 49ers fans should be rooting for is that Trey Lance kills it. And here's why. It's because Brock Purdy's hurt. It's because Trey Lance is still very cheap. And it's because if he kills it right, you have a very, very cheap, young, ascending quarterback who's, what, 23 years old on a rookie deal playing great with this completely loaded football team that despite us talking about quarterbacks like this for three years has made two NFC championship games. And just to accentuate your point, Vish, Derek Carr agreed to a four year deal with the saints for 150 million with a hundred million in total guarantees. So that's the, for Derek Carr, the definition of a mid quarterback, he is mid by all accounts. And we're talking a hundred million dollars. So that's the advantage that the 49ers have with Brock or with right now. Of course, with Brock, it's literally like the best you could get unless you sign a guy undrafted and he becomes a star. But it's still an advantage with Trey Lance. Um, That's the advantage that the Niners have, which is massive for them because they have to do the Bosa deal, because they have to figure out what's going on with IU, because there's just moving parts. Right. They are positioned to be in a good spot with that, but they need to figure it out. Right. Uh, sign me too on Twitch. Should we be worried about the Bosa contract? Lynch said it would be done last year. We saw what happened with Debo. I'm not worried about it just because like. It's a blank check contract. Kind of. Yeah. Like what are you, <laughs> what are you going to say to Nick Bosa? No, that's too much money. Then he'll be like, uh, all right, then franchise me twice. And I'll just make, I'll easily make that on the open market. Like, I, I don't know what the Niners pushback would be. There's going to be some, cause they're going to try and get it down a little, but ultimately like, you know, you got to pay this guy. Yeah. I don't, I think this contract will be very, very quick, very easy. He's going to be the highest paid defensive player in football. He's going to set record guarantees for what the 49ers have given out for sure. Yep. Like to me, those things are like not even in question. And his brother only signed his deal after his fourth year as well. So I always thought that he might be more inclined to wait, especially because last year the 49ers could have used him being healthy, not healthy for one of the years, the ACL injury against him because he's only been healthy for two. And then he also had the core injury in college. So he's two for four on years being healthy. Now that he kind of backed it up by going back to back with two phenomenal seasons back to back, it's almost impossible to shave anything off that price unless he tells you, Hey, I want to keep this guy. So let's, let's let me take a little bit less money, but otherwise, yeah, this is, this should be probably one of the easiest contracts they've done since like the Patrick Willis days where a guy has just established himself as such a freaking superstar (laughs) so fast in his career that it's like, yeah, 
And I don't think Lynch technically said it would be done. I think he said like that they would they've budgeted for it yeah. and that they'd be open to it. But I don't think it was like ever an urgent thing. Um, I always thought Bosa wanted to wait the year too, right? Because like Garrett was getting done last offseason. There's, of course, TJ Watt's been done recently. He's more inclined to wait because he's making good money too. He was the second pick in the draft. He comes from money and he's now about to change lives for eight generations after him yeah i think if you're bosa like you're gonna wait okay you'll franchise me like he already had the catastrophic injury right like that and he talked about that with richard sherman about how dark it got about how he literally was questioning like do i want to play football i'm sitting here on painkillers all that stuff like the thing that you would fear waiting for your contract has already happened to nick bosa and he was amazing coming back from that and he was amazing the year after that so I'm not worried about it. It's going to get done. I mean, the, the Niners somehow got better, right? Right. Oh, yeah, he did. But like Warner, they signed. Kittle, they signed. Trent Williams, they signed. And I know it got a little dicey with some of those guys. I know Kittle was upset. And Trent Williams like literally called the Niners and said like, fix this or I'm going to the Chiefs. But Debo. they got done. And so I think Bosa is going to get done. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Cause I don't know. There's no possible pushback the 49ers have. And imagine this pass rush and this defense without Nick Bosa on it. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> there is no I pass agree. rush without I Nick agree. Bosa. Yeah. I mean, they get the occasional very brilliant rep from Charles and but he could be gone. And then I thought Ebukam was really, really, really strong to start the season. And then, when he was going through whatever he was going through with that one leg, that quad, calf, whatever injury, he was going through quite a few things. It slowed him down throughout the season. So, Yeah, I mean, how many years can a guy have, like four and a half, five sacks, before you say, like, this is just what he is. There is no more here. We thought, the Niners thought, like, hey, maybe we can get a little more out of him than, than he showed with the Rams. This is who he is. It's not a bad player by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, five sacks is actually a pretty awesome contribution, to be honest. But that can't be your second best pass rusher. You need more than that. And I think the Niners are hoping that Drake Jackson is more than that. And he may be. I agree with that. I agree. And, And I think the biggest thing there in terms of just raw sack production, for all the great things Eric Armstead does, there's so many. Just finishing plays with sacks is just not something that he just, it just doesn't happen for him. He just, he will F up so many plays, right? The old <laughs> F, of the, F up the play stat that Chris Sims calls it. Mm-hmm. He will do that all, so many times. But in terms of actually finishing the play in terms of sacks, it it feels a little bit like Bosa and that's it. But like you mentioned, we have no clue how they feel about good old Drake Jackson there. And he's got a lot of really, really enticing physical traits. And maybe Chris Kasarik is on him and he comes out this offseason guns blazing because he's very talented, very talented. Yeah, I think he will, too. I, I, You see a lot of times, even with some of the best pass rushers, their first year is not what they become. Their ceiling right. is much higher than that. Drake Jackson is a guy whose weight fluctuated a lot at USC because they asked him to do a lot of different things. I just feel like now that he knows what his job is going to be, he knows what the expectations are for him. He knows what it's like to play a full right. season and what his body needs to be prepared to go through. Plus, you give him another offseason where he can work with Nick Bosa, which, by the <laughs> way, like he better be doing that. Like, I just feel like it's not unreasonable to expect him to make a jump in 2023. I think so, too. And like we're always reading between the lines with John Lynch, as we've done for all of that today, I think 
their aggressiveness in terms of pursuing another edge rusher. If they bring back an Ebukam and they're able to do it at a reasonable number, I got to think that they got a lot of confidence in what they saw from Drake Jackson this year, and they're going to give him a chance to really be that guy moving forward. But if they go out, create cap room, and say, Yannick Ngakwe, we're opening up the Brinks truck and we're bringing you in so that we have something spectacular on the other side of Bosa, I would love that too. But that means that also would indicate that, hey, they're not 100% sure if Drake Jackson could be that special guy. Or just how about we are 100% sure and we just want to add one more dude. How about that? Like, that's cool too, 49ers. That'd be great too. And that's also a possibility too. You're right. Feel free to stack that up. Uh, One more thing I want to get to before the end of the show, and this is like just more NFC West big picture. There's a report that the Rams, obviously we're shopping Jalen Ramsey, and there's a report that they're going to cut Bobby Wagner. And now there's a, a report that Leonard Floyd is not going to be a part of their team next year, whether they can trade him or cut him. The Seahawks maybe are going to bring Geno Smith back, but we're not totally sure. The Cardinals have no quarterback because Kyler Murray tore his ACL. If there was ever a year where the 49ers could sustain the ups and downs with Trey Lance, it's this year. Who's the big threat in the division? Seattle, a team they knocked around three times last year? They don't even know if we have a quarterback. Or we don't even know if they have a quarterback. Yeah, that's that's say. a great point. That's a great point. And by the way, speaking of, you mentioned him earlier in the show, I do think that that's where Jacoby Brissett ends up. I think he's starting in Arizona. They hired, oh, Arizona. Oh. they hired the Browns offensive coordinator, right? It feels Jacoby played very well um, at the beginning of the year, so that would make sense. Um, in terms of uh, the Rams in Seattle, like Seattle actually looks like they could be a really, really good team given the number of young players that played well. But you're right. That Geno Smith contract, like I see a lot of stuff about Daniel Jones's contract and so <laughs> many different things about it. I haven't seen one word about Geno Smith, that number, whatever, other than I heard Pete Carroll talk about, you know, we have a good thing going. We want to make sure that number's right for anybody. But if Daniel Jones is asking for $45 million, allegedly, if I'm Geno Smith, I'm asking for 50 million, not even close how well Daniel Jones and Geno Smith played last year. And that's no disrespect to Daniel Jones, but Geno Smith was legitimately what a top 10, 11, 12 quarterback in the NFL last year. Yeah, he was, he played all right. He was top, definitely top 15 for sure. Probably top 12 at absolute worst. If you want to be the toughest possible grade, I don't fear the Seahawks. I'm sorry. I know they have good young players. Bring it on. Well, we went into your house and knocked you around with a, <laughs> with a seventh round rookie who had busted ribs. Like, nope. Then we destroyed you in the playoffs. And the rest of the NFC West, like the Rams, you couldn't beat us when you had your, your yeah. actual squad. Now you're going to send all these guys away. Maybe you'll be better in a couple of years from now, but not next year. So the, the stage is set for the Niners. And before we go, since we've been talking about the quarterback. Somebody from- Oh, my bad. I was going to say, somebody in the comments said Brissett was not that good for the Browns. He was the best quarterback on the Browns last year. Yeah, he absolutely was. RJ Money said that. Uh, watching. How about sign me too? What? Let Lance dance. Levin's slogan has been, give Lance a chance. A lot of oh, rhyming. That's a good one. I like uh, let Lance dance. That's a nice one. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, last thing, John Lund tweeted this out from KMBR. March 10th is the scheduled surgery for Brock. The first Sunday of the NFL season is September 10th exactly six months from the date of surgery 
The rehab at best is six months. Trey Lance will start week one. John Lund says likely more not going to rush Purdy. And again, that is the absolute best case scenario for Brock Purdy. That's if everything goes exactly the way the 49ers are, to use their words, praying that it goes, that Purdy will be ready to go six months to the day after the surgery. That's the best case. The worst case, obviously, he's out much more than that. Yes, I agree. And I actually have a question for you based on that. Is it fair to expect him to come back and be the starter in that six-month time period, given how tight it is, given the fact that he won't necessarily have the opportunity to go through the offseason? I know Shanahan talked about he got very, very angry when this question was even brought up in his end-of-the-year presser, and he talked about how the cool thing about this thing is that it's a three-month ramp-up, so he's going to be throwing it three months, so he'll be full go at six months but do you think it's fair to put that kind of pressure and expectation on him and his health given the severity and the serious nature of the injury to his throwing elbow nonetheless which is obviously essential for him in the future of his career do you think it's fair for the 49ers to put that level of expectation and pressure on him to come back probably not but fairness is the last thing the 49ers are concerned about with their quarterbacks, clearly, because none of this has been fair. But I also think that they don't really have a choice. If they are going to do what they said, which is primarily go with Lance and Purdy, like one of these guys is going to have those expectations thrust upon them. Now, Lance has got a little more runway, so you might say it's more fair to, to let Trey do it, but somebody's going to have to do it, even if they signed a vet. Like, is it fair right. to this vet who's got to learn the system on the right, fly right, right. that you have all these expectations? I mean, so it's it's tough. Well, I just feel like that's why. Wow, thanks, Levin. That means a lot, actually. Sure. I like the gloves, by Levin, the way. Vish greater than Rob. What a jerk. Let's I check. like the look at Levin flexing those gloves all <laughs> swagged up. I remember he, when he posted that going to his walk, I think after the Niners beat the Cowboys, good stuff there. But um, I, I do think Rob that, that, that the underlying point is what we talked about so much for the entirety of this podcast. Um, and that is that when I asked the question about fair, that's why I think it just makes so much sense for them to be like, Hey, Trey Lance is the starter right now. Cause it lessens the expectations on Purdy. And you can, if he does come back, all you got to say is, oh, he's back earlier than we thought. And he's we're going to start blown him. us away. Yeah, right? there we, you go. We never think, could have predicted this. I think it would have been the easiest way to handle this. And the Niners love um, controlling the narrative, right? You mentioned this multiple different times on this podcast itself. It's so clear how they've controlled the narrative in so many different avenues. This would be the easiest way for them to control the narrative because if Lance kills it this offseason, they look great. But if Lance doesn't kill it and Purdy does come back, they still look pretty smart and good no matter what. And so that's why I'm a little bit perplexed and confused and every other word that you can associate with confusion that's uh, synonym towards it because, I like, why didn't he just commit to him? Confused, frustrated, angry, curious – Whatever adjective you want to put, uh, none of it's good. But hopefully we get a little clarity. At least Friday, we should get some clarity. Even if even if Brock doesn't have the surgery on Friday, by that point, then you're like, all right, major problems. You have to 
you really have to sort of push Purdy off to the side in that case because right. you have real questions about what his return timeline is going to be. So at least hopefully Friday we can begin to get a little bit of an answer on this quarterback situation. I'm desperate for something. I know people get mad when I like parse words and things like that. That's all we have right now. That's all we have to go on. So at least hopefully Friday we'll have a little bit more concrete evidence to base some of our opinions on. Hopefully, right? Hopefully. But I feel like knowing the 49ers and going through this every offseason, it, it, it feels like, gosh, it's just going to be more and more confusion, more and more quarterback confusion. But the good thing about them is they've been a phenomenal football team three out of four years now, despite going through that, right? Three different NFC championship appearances, one victory. Like they're killing it on the football field, despite us having these really, really yep. awkward conversations every offseason about the quarterback. Point. And so the one thing that we, I guess we can feel confident about is regardless of how confusing or how murky this gets, they seem to find a way to pull through despite it and be a very, very good team. And I think we should expect them to do that next year as well, given that they're returning a lot of the super freaks that make this course so special. It's a good point. Remember, they didn't just eke by on that 10-game win streak. They were boat racing people. They beat the Rams 31-14. They beat the Cardinals 38-10. They beat the Dolphins 33-17. They beat the Bucks 35-7. They beat Washington 37-20. And they beat Arizona 38-13. They were whooping people. They whooped Seattle in the playoffs 41-23. Like they right. weren't just eking by. That's a good point by you. As frustrating as all this quarterback stuff is, we do still have a great, not a good, a great team. By the way, Jesse Naylor, our friend from Last Second Sports, just put in the comments. This is a really great question. He says, How much of this is the 49ers rushing trying to get an answer prior to free agency? They have to. What what are you gonna do if you're the 49ers? Sit If your plan is, okay, Brock's out, we need a guy because we don't believe in Lance, you have to know right away. You have to because the other teams aren't going to sit around waiting for you to figure it out. So it's a good point by Jesse. I think it's a fair question to ask. What do you think? Do you think that they are? No, because I think Brock has been completely in control in terms of getting second opinions and doing this the right way for him and his long-term health. But I do think Jesse's point about the 49ers are kind of in a flux trying to get an answer prior to free agency is correct. I think that's kind of the biggest takeaway, right, from John Lynch's presser. He said, oh, we might look at the quarterbacks, all of that. They're really just waiting and seeing right now on what they have to do with the quarterback situation. Friday is the day. We'll begin to get some answers, assuming Brock Purdy has surgery, but even if he doesn't. That's going to be the day, and we'll see. Will it be a Friday news dump where they just sort of slide in that he had a longer surgery than we thought, or will it be the immediate press release, totally successful, back in six months, see you week one? I hope it'll be the latter. Um, I hope, honestly, my goal for the off, my hope for the offseason, and I guess we can kind of end it with this, is um, our, both of our hopes for the offseason, but my hope for the offseason is that Trey Lance absolutely kills it and Brock Purdy is healthy in six months. And the Niners finally do have two young quarterbacks who are healthy, ready to go. And we'll let it play out on the field and see which one of these guys can actually, which one of these guys can actually become the long-term answer for the 49ers. That's what I'm hoping and praying for to use John Lynch's words. My hope for the off season is that we can get 
the actual truth of what is occurring from the report from the writers. That's all I want. That so is you want all... to dream this offseason, huh? Yeah, apparently. Like, and I want, and I said this to Matt Barrow's face in the interview I did, which is up on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash stats on fire if you're not already watching. I want them to get pressed on stuff. I want the writers to press the 49ers on their quarterback decisions, on their thinking, on their past comments, on a difference between what they say and what they do. Don't let them skate by. It's too many years of this stuff. That's all I want. The quarterback situation will will play itself out one way or the other. I just want to be able to know what is happening with the team that I love. Is that too much too to much ask? Too much to ask. <laughs> Jinx, I knew you would say that. <sighs> All right. Well, that's a depressing way to end the show. Please like and subscribe to the YouTube page. No matter what happens, we will be here with you. Once we get news of Brock Purdy surgery, I'll be going live on the air. So that's going to be a thing that happens. So stick with us. Rate, review, follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Vish, thank you so much for over an hour of your time today. Yeah, this was awesome. I feel like back-to-back we've had two really, really smooth um, and deep conversations and hopefully here's some more and hopefully we can talk about something a little bit different hopefully we come back here and some free agency movement happens and we or some movement in terms of anything and we can talk about that instead of continuing to speculate on a surgery that hasn't happened for 40 days and another quarterback who's still unfortunately rehabbing because he's also coming off of a serious injury 40 days man what a ride it's never boring with the 49ers Thanks, everybody.